Hey, I'm lead pastor Noel Petras, and welcome to the Exeter Valley Church podcast. Our church plant started in 2021 with the goal of seeing God's kingdom extended in our hometown. If you're curious about Jesus, looking for a home in the family of God, or feel called to be a part of a kingdom expansion in Exeter, California, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. in the Veterans Memorial Building at 324 North Cahuilla Avenue. For more information, head on over to www.exetervalleychurch.com or find us on social media. Thanks for listening. Dude, so Glenn, we've been doing this podcast now. I think we have six episodes. You were in the first episode. Yay. Yeah. So here we go back again. Um, Am I the only one that's been on twice? Uh, yeah, so far. Well, I've been on twice. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on six no, I've been on twice, but yeah, even Meg- Megan denied her opportunity to be on a second time mm, last she week. She could have had that. She yeah. could have had the title, but no, okay. it's you. It's you, man. So you've like gotten some of the the uh, the rabbit trail topics. You know, last time you were on, we were talking about end, uh, times. end times. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and this time uh, I've been preaching through 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And uh, the the title of the series has been unpacking the gifts, but but the idea has been for our church to lead us into uh, a biblical sound theology and practice of the spiritual gifts. And uh, so we talked about you know First Corinthians twelve and thirteen, um, laying the groundwork for spiritual gifts. Everyone gets gifts. There's a bunch of different gifts. They're all given from God. Even the ones that don't seem supernatural are actually gifts from God too. Mm. Um, and therefore, the building up of the church. So we've been talking about how the gifts are, they're from God and they're for others. And it seems like in this uh, Corinthian church that Paul's addressing, or the Corinthian house churches, however you want to look at it, that the the gifts have gin, gotten a little out of whack because uh, they're probably being used for the building up of their own platforms, you know, drawing attention to oneself. So it seems like there's kind of a culture of one-upmanship yeah, that's yeah. going on in these churches, right? Mm-hmm. So Paul comes in and uh, he talks a lot about tongues. And uh, so this past week, we've we studied as a church uh, specifically what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 around the gift of tongues. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you in. I know that you, you love God's word, you're a man of God's word, but you also have a lot of experience in, if we want to call them charismatic streams. And uh, you've really been helpful for me uh, especially with the get the tongues, uh, the prophetic as well. Um, but I wonder, I just want to start by asking you, like, what is kind of your story personally, um, with, you know, balancing theology of the word and theology of the spirit and, and your own personal church background? Yep. Yeah. So I grew up in a church that was really big on the word of God, not very big on the spirit of God. I mean, they would have acknowledged the role of the Holy spirit, but definitely not the gifts of the spirit. Um, so that, yeah, so I, um, actually my, my mom and dad, um, believed in the gifts of the spirit. So in that sense, I had kind of a bipolar upbringing where my, yeah. where my church really didn't believe in the, the spiritual gifts and my yeah. parents did. Now, um, when you say that, just to clarify, like they, you, you think they, they would have said, we don't necessarily believe in the gifts of the spirit or would they just not have pressed into the gifts of the spirit, particularly I'm assuming the more miraculous gifts. Yeah. So the more I learned, um, I found out that the leadership was actually divided. Okay. So, so some of, some of them believed that the spiritual gifts, um, had ceased Yeah. and some of them were open to the spiritual gift, yeah. but not pursuing them. Right. So that, anyway, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I eventually met, um, 
some other friends who were big on the gifts of the Holy yeah. Spirit. One of them being Travis Aikland, yeah. Eric Riley, you know, some of the people that you know. Yeah. You know. Um, so that was through Saviors Community Church then at that yep, time, probably? The, the Saviors yeah. Youth Group. Cool. Yeah. So I had friends that went there and I just started going on trips with uh, Saviors Community Youth Group. And it was life-changing. Um, we actually had a, a beach camp where a speaker came in and he he taught on tongues. Okay. And he wanted to lead everyone into speaking in okay. tongues afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And and I was just, I think because of my parents, I was like, cool, I'm in. I, yeah. I was just open. I, I was yeah. not opposed. Yeah. And so I actually went up um, and they tried to lead me in speaking in the gift of tongues mm -hmm. and nothing happened. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Um, my friend actually, the same thing happened to him. And it was so devastating to him mm. that he he was opposed to spiritual gifts for until now, like 20 years later. Yeah. Like so, the, yeah. So, I, so I understand how these kind of experiences can be really painful. You know, yeah. where somebody says, hey, let's pray in tongues together. Nothing happens. Yeah. And you feel like, did God let me down? You right. know, all of that. So yeah. uh, it, it, it happened that a about two years later, um, a, uh, a friend, mm -hmm. she became a, a leader and a mentor later in my life, Jean Ainley. Yeah. He just personally led me in speaking in tongues. Yeah. And at that point, um, it happened. Yeah, it, it was it was really easy. Um, she kind of led me in like a step by step process. Okay, she had faith for it. I had faith for it. I thought, yeah, this is this is awesome. I want to do yeah. this. And and she said, if you if you hear a syllable, then just start speaking it out. Okay. And so I did. I had one little syllable uh -huh. in my mind. And so I started with that one syllable, and then just a bunch mm -hmm. of other s syllables tumbled out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was that's how it started. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah. That's actually um, so that is. Yeah, like I have a similar experience, honestly. I mean, um, so, you know, I grew up in a Midnight Brethren church. Yeah. And uh, so we were very, you know, probably similar to the church that you grew up in. Um, we were word-centered, but it just a very stoic people for the most part, you know? I mean, a genuine people of faith, um, but just more stoic. We definitely did not see these gifts ever practiced. But I mean, at the same time, we believed like that God still worked miraculously. We would pray for healing, even like it was a common practice for the elders to lay uh, lay hands on people, mm. pray for the sick and even anoint with oil, you know? Yeah. So we had that jive going, yeah, yeah. but tongues in the prophetic were just not practiced at all um, in, in our church. And even like my dad, who was a pastor there, he, I remember him saying, um, because actually Steve Whitmer was a pastor in town as well. Oh, cool. So Steve's church, Wellspring, was very influential in town. Uh, and and he and my dad were great friends. Hmm. Um, there was a lot of collegiality among the pastors in town, which is actually a really cool, healthy thing that I observed. Um, and so my, you know, uh, my dad, because of my dad's friendship with Steve, he was he was, I think he would have said he was open to the, the these more miraculous gifts, the gift of tongues, namely. Mm -hmm. But he felt like he had prayed for that gift and never received it, you know. Um, anyway, so that was my background, you know. But it came, coming into uh, Radiant Church 2010, that was our first experience, my wife and I, with the Charismatic Church. That, a church first experience these... with a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> totally, uh -huh. you know. That's what I like to tell people, you know, like I... I'm I'm more of a thinker than a feeler, you mm -hmm. know. I am not a weirdo, but I do have weird friends, you know. <laughs> and I'm thankful yeah. for my weird friends because they have pressed me into things. And and the funniest thing about this is that my best friend in college was a guy named Jedediah, and um, he when we came to college, he was like my crazy, charismatic Pentecostal friend. Okay, grew up in a four square church, 
and uh, he he took me to Santa Barbara Foursquare Church when we were in college, you know, and and so that was like my first ever experience worshiping in a charismatic Pentecostal mm. church, you know. And anyways, um, he's now the pastor of a Mennonite Brethren Church in uh, Ontario, Canada. Oh wow! And I lead a charismatic church in Exeter, <laughs> California. So That's it's awesome. super funny how that yeah, how God yeah. works. But anyway, so I I think my thing with tongues. I remember being at a cleansing streams conference with mm -hmm. some other folks from Radiant and some of those folks really were praying for the to praying to receive the gift of tongues they okay. felt like that weekend that was something that God would want to do with them and and I remember saying man I don't like I didn't get tongues I was like I get miraculous stuff I don't understand tongues and I was actually I really felt in my heart that God um, was leading me to pray for gifts of healing mm. I still feel like a burden I feel I, I still feel that way like God will want to use me or use my prayers eventually to heal people mm. um anyways I have not seen the fruition of that full-fledged yet but I'm pressing into that but yeah, come on but but when um that led to my conversation with you you, yeah. you remember we were talking earlier you know we we're driving up to man camp I think it was and I was like Glenn like I don't get tongues like what's the point mm -hmm. you know so i think like that's i would i would ask you like you know what what do you think is the point like wh why why would wh what's the benefit of this gift as yeah. you see in scripture and then and then in your own life yeah i uh, yeah i remember driving with you on the, those windy mountain roads so, for an hour i was completely car sick uh, and we were talking all this deep theology <laughs> that's i remember oh i didn't um, i didn't know that that side of the story but uh yeah, I remember just going with you, going straight to the word. And yeah. That, and that's how I always start now, um, which is ironic, though, because for me, uh, it, it just the experience happened first, and then I got a theology for it afterwards. Right. Okay. And so that's yeah. that's maybe good to acknowledge that it happens different ways. You know, yeah. some people get the theology first. That's right. And some people get the so experience So that'd be my first. story. I got the theology, and mm -hmm. then the experience followed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but afterwards, uh, studying the Bible for myself, seeing that there is like a really solid scriptural foundation mm. for the gift of tongues yeah. you know it's not just some random thing but right. paul actually has like a long teaching on it you know which yeah. you talked about yesterday at church yeah but in first corinthians 14 so that would be the main chapter in the whole bible yeah. on the gift of tongues yeah um you could add in acts 2 uh, that's a little bit of a different kind of tongues, you right. know, kind of a missional form of tongues. Right. And it's more just a narrative, less yeah. of like a teaching. On exactly. What, uh, yeah. Tongues actually is. So 1 Corinthians 14 is the go-to. And in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that it, it edifies yourself yeah. when mm -hmm. you speak in tongues, mm -hmm. which is like, we could stop right there. Who doesn't want that? Right. Who doesn't want to be right. spiritually encouraged and built up? Right. I mean, that leads, that leads to every other good thing in the spiritual right. life is being built up spiritually. Yeah. And so tongues do that, even with a lack of mental understanding, it's building you up. It's energizing yeah. you. It's uh, it's connecting you with God. That, that's why people call it a prayer language. Right, right. You know, Paul talks about, he in I think it's in 14 verses 15, 16, 17, he starts using language about praying in the spirit and um, even singing in the spirit, he references as well. And then he contrasts that with with um, praying uh, in understanding or with his mind, mm. you know, and I think you know, one thing that you just touched on is the idea of, um, you know, this 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 language that supersedes the intellectual. And I think sometimes, you know, that really clicked with me when you were talking with me that day, this self-edification and then the idea that um, 
tongues could encourage me in a way that transcended the intellectual, mm, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I have seen that to be the case uh, as I've grown in this gift in my own, you know, mostly in my own private life. I've never had a word for a corporate gathering actually in tongues. So for me, this has only been something that I've exercised more privately in mm -hmm. a prayer language. But I have noticed that uh, the language becomes like what Paul says in Romans 8 about you know, the groaning or the mumbling mm. without words, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that, does that jive with you? Do you, you kind of get on that, that heart language? It's, yeah. it's less intellectual. Yeah. So it's, it's good to say at the outset that, that Paul never encourages people to turn off the mind or throw away the mind. Right. He, he, he always is a, he's a big fan of the mind. Of the mind. Being, Absolutely. It, yeah. The mind being engaged yeah. and the mind being a, a vital process of, of, of spiritual yeah. growth. That said, <clears throat> tongues is one of the weirdest and most seemingly foolish gifts mm -hmm. of all of the, sure. the spiritual gifts. Yeah. And in just thinking about that, I, I think it's God's way of showing us that even his ways that seem foolish are wiser than anything that we could come up with. Yeah. You know, that's that's earlier yeah. in First Corinthians. You know, he yeah. talks about the weakness of God is stronger than the strength of yeah. men. The foolishness of God that's is right. wiser than the wisdom of that's men. That's right. And I think tongues are a perfect example of that because it just seems so dumb and so <laughs> off-putting. Right. But once you experience it and are engaging with God with the yeah. gift of tongues, you realize, oh my gosh, this is building me up. Yeah. This is really beneficial. Yeah. You know, one thing I said yesterday, I thought this was actually a really good point I made in my sermon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, because Paul's talking a lot in this section about edifying the church, you know, mm -hmm. he, he keeps saying like that, which is useful for building up the church. Like it's a phrase he uses several times in these three chapters, 12, 13, and 14. Um, but um, he does also mention, he almost like downplays tongues and mm. says, you know, I would rather you speak, I would rather you prophesy because that builds up the whole body. He, who's, he who speaks in tongues speaks to God and edifies himself. Yeah. It's almost like a downplay when yep. he says that. But so to your point, tongues does edify ourselves, mm -hmm. which I think we can overly downplay the importance of edifying ourselves. Like we it's not selfish to edify yourself. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if we've got a church full, if we have churches full of people who are growing their own faith yeah. through a spiritual gift, the collective water level is going to raise, right? So yeah. even self-edification, if everyone in your church is growing in their own faith, well, the faith, the corporate faith is being built up as Absolutely. well. So even yeah. self-edification builds up the church, you know, it oh, edifies yeah. the church. So yeah. I think, you know, I think some, cause I have heard, I listened to a lot of podcasts recently, uh, just uh, cessationist arguments. Mm. And, and I think some would have, I've heard the argument that, well, self-edification is narcissistic. Yeah, yeah. And first of all, Paul teaches us to edify ourselves, right. I believe. And, um, and I think that that's like an entirely like off, you know, irrational even way to, to Absolutely. look at it. It's know? like saying... Yeah, don't don't read the Bible personally because yeah. it's selfish to edify yourself. Right. It's like we do a ton of things that Absolutely. are personally edifying, so we can then go and edify other people. Yeah, that's that's how the the process works. Yeah. Now on that, so we were talking a little bit here. You you referenced Acts two, mm -hmm. um, and then you know, kind of in contrast to First Corinthians twelve thirteen fourteen, one of the things that I wanted to talk with you a little bit about is a little more of a technical issue, um, but 
but is this idea of like, you know, um, we were joking about the terms uh, glossolalia and xenolalia, right? But, but I mean, what do you, in basically in Acts 2, tongues come on them and uh, the people around are foreigners, but they, they realize that these people are speaking in languages they don't know are their own languages. Mm -hmm. Like they're actually speaking in known languages. Do you think that's different than what Paul's talking about? How do you think that that's different? Are those, is there like two different types of gifts of tongues? You know, what, what, what do you think about that? In a sense, yeah. I think there are two different types of tongues. Yeah. I think, uh, it, this is actually, I'm glad I have the Bible right here. Um, so, so in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, he says, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. Right. For no one understands him. Right. So, so the, the gift of tongues that Paul talks about in this chapter, yeah. he says, no one understands it. Yeah. No language, yeah. no ethnicity. Yeah. So, so this is different than Acts 2, where someone did understand right. it. Right. Okay. Right. So, so you could say that there are two different kinds of tongues, that there are earthly languages mm -hmm. that are supernaturally given to somebody, yeah. like Acts 2. Right. And there someone are- Someone that shouldn't know. Like Exactly. Like Mandarin comes to me or whatever. Yes. I shouldn't, I've never taken yeah, Mandarin. It's a gift all of, sudden, of tongues. Right. Yeah. And then there are also the gift of what we could call heavenly languages. Right. Where like Paul says, no one understands. Yeah. There is some support for that also. Because I think in in uh, chapter 13, yeah. he he specifically says, he differentiates if I speak in the languages of men or of angels. Yes, right. So it seems to imply that there is like a, a heavenly language, yep. which, which is, I mean, again, like pretty supernatural, you know? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. so the 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 xenolalia would yeah. be the one that is earthly language. Right. Um, languages. Yeah, and then the glossolalia would be heavenly language. Yeah. So you, you want to sound smart. So yeah, so, <laughs> which we do. I, I, I'm, <laughs> Always. Not again sounding smart, but we can, we've come to normalize some of the supernatural things that we believe and hold dear, like the virgin birth or, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the resurrection of Christ, uh, our own someday resurrection. I mean, yeah. our whole faith is hinged on the supernatural, right? Um, but it, it is hard sometimes to understand um, the, the supernatural things even still. So your experience with tongues, as you described, was like essentially you, you had this mentor um, and um, she coached you into essentially developing a gift. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to talk about the difference between tongues as a gift that can be developed along with other, like people have no problem with the idea, like that the gift of teaching could be developed. Right. Like, uh, people would just naturally assume that I may have the gift of teaching, but hopefully I'm, I'm better at it after having done it for the last two years, really consistently than I was at the start of that period. Right. You develop, you grow in your gifts. Yep. Um, but it does seem like with the, with the gift of tongues, people sometimes expect it to be more what I've heard called ecstatic, like mm -hmm. a, a, an experience of ecstasy where instead of it being self-willed, it's, it's like, boom, lightning bolt, you know, sure. crazy language comes out almost out of control, you know, um, what, like, have you had experience with either, um, and do you think that there's scriptural, like the there's biblical grounds for either instance, more of like a, a willed a development of a gift and an ecstatic experience? Yeah. You know, in Acts 2, it does seem to be ecstatic. It does, yeah. You know, it does seem mm -hmm. to just come on them. Mm -hmm. um, 
Unfortunately, with 1 Corinthians 14 and Paul talking about heavenly language, he doesn't go into a lot the practical of right. like people speaking into tongues, speaking in tongues for the first time yeah. or how he led them into that. So we, we don't have a lot of scriptures yeah. on practically leading somebody into the gift of tongues for right. the first time. So that said, I can, I can speak from experience. Mm -hmm. um, and my experience has been that most people who speak in the gift of tongues have been led into it step by step where it's kind of a partnership between them and the Holy Spirit right. rather than just waiting for some ecstatic experience to come upon right. them. Right, right. And so because of that experience, because that's just made a percentage, you know, it's 90% of me and my friends, the way we've walked uh, into yeah, this gift. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, it's unfortunate that a lot of people are waiting for just that mm -hmm. lightning strike experience to come upon them because right. I think they're, I think they're missing out on yeah. the gift of tongues. Yeah. That's right. I do think it also plays into, are you open to, to these gifts or are you eagerly desiring these yeah, gifts? You know, good. I, I think good. sometimes in our, like openness feels pretty positive, like, like we should be open, but you know, it, it kind of results in a lot of sitting, sitting around and waiting mm -hmm. as, a, as opposed to what I think Paul instructs us to do is eagerly desire the right. gifts of the spirit, you yeah. know? I mean, I've had friends tell me that they grew up in in circles where there was coercion, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of like pressure. Totally. You know, um, especially I think in Pentecostal streams where it's like, this is the sign that you're saved. Yeah. Um, and so there's some, I mean, obviously, you know, some pressure to speak yeah. in tongues in yeah. those settings. Um, so I wonder if um, if some of that has to do with the expectation of, of an ecstatic experience mm -hmm. as opposed, like if you just like, if you just understood like, well, all gifts are from God and uh, it's a normal experience to grow in gifting over time. And and a lot of that is an effortless experience, right? Yeah. Every every gift, whether it's, you know, musical talents, like your drumming or athletic talents, like these things have to be developed, right? Um, so anyways, I think it could take some pressure off even, you know, and, yeah. and kind of take us out yeah. of, I know that for me, that was helpful when I realized like, okay, this is something that, might feel weird at first. It might be kind of dumb at first. Yeah, I, I might yeah. not be very good at it at first, but I have a lifetime to grow into this gift. Um, I, it just kind of lowers the bar, takes some anxiety off. Yeah, I think that that would be like helpful culturally in charismatic streams because I don't think people are excited to feel like coerced. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually done. A, that culture could do a lot of damage for sure. So, for sure. I think I think it'd be good to say too that. Um, when we're talking about, you know, partnering with the Holy Spirit, I told my story of hearing a phrase and then that turning into a lot of other tongue syllables. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not talking about um, just making up tongue sounds. You know, mm. that could be the other extreme. Right, you know, there's the extreme right. of like, I'm going to do nothing. God does it all. That's right. But then there's the other extreme of like, I do it all. I'm yeah. going to make this thing happen. Yeah. Da ba la ba. Yeah. You know, it's like you just start <laughs> yeah. making up random syllables and that's not the gift of tongues either. Yeah. You know, it is a partnership yeah. where you, you open your mouth and you go for it, but, but God is giving you a supernatural language. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, thanks for that. It's, it isn't gibberish. Right. You know? Um, so because people have experienced that too, and and that's yeah. been really off-putting as somebody yeah. saying, "Okay, now say ru ba ba sha ba." Right. It's like, oh, that that's what this is. This right. is ridiculous. Yeah, yes. that's good. Well, thanks. I mean, I think I I think it's been a helpful conversation. You know, I I hope that. Um, yeah, I just want. I think you know, our heart is to be like the kind 
be the be the people who are um, just living in an, an eager anticipation for the miraculous, yeah. um, for God to gift us, for God to equip us, for God to build up His church in the way that He sees fit. Yeah. And man, we, I mean, we love the Word of God, but we want we don't want to just be a people who are like stuck up here loving the Word of God. We want to yeah. be a people whose like love for the Word of God is demonstrated with our lives. Mm -hmm. The way that we live should show that we love the Word of God, not just what we know about the Word of God. So. Uh, we believe, man, even the crazy things <laughs> are good for us, you know, like God's ways are good for us. And this is one of the, that's one of the main reasons that I'm like driven to press into these things, because it's like, whether God's calling me to, you know, live uh, in a sexually moral lifestyle, you know, whether he's calling me to embrace his view of money, or he's calling me to embrace these gifts that he's given us. I want to be, I want to press into the good things that God's given us. And yeah. as I want a church culture that is pressing into God's ways are good for us. We're going to press in even when we don't understand, you know? Um, yeah. And we, yeah. So thanks for helping us with that, you know, which is this conversation. And so I just thank you for your influence in my life, man. That's yeah. cool. Awesome, man. <laughs> Hey, hey, it's Pastor Noel again. Just wanted to say thanks so much for joining us here at the Exeter Valley Church Podcast. And don't be afraid to join us in person on a Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. at the Exeter Memorial Building.